Hello, my name is Nakaya McNeil. Um, I graduated from here at UNCW just last year in 2023. Um, I majored in social work and now I still work here at UNCW full time in the admissions office. And a couple of questions that I have. Um, one, um, how do you stay firm in your faith um, working as a professor on a public university campus? Um, and then also, um, what does Christian community or faith community look like um, for you outside of your job? Thanks. Welcome to Meet the Prof. Hey, I'm Shane Hartley, and my friend Spence Hackney and I are collecting questions like you just heard from students, and we're interviewing Christian professors. And the goal we have is simple. It's to help encourage Christ-centered conversations on the college campus. So thank you for listening. We're really glad that you're here. Yesterday was a big day when we launched the podcast. I've already had some real encouraging feedback. I appreciate all of that. And uh, we have some amazing interviews we've already finished. And I look forward to sharing with you the next few weeks. So in this episode, we'll get to hear from Dr. Rick Olson. Uh, Rick is a professor and chair in the Department of Communication Studies at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Please remember, if you like this, to click on subscribe or follow, and that will really help. And for extra credit, go in your settings and click auto download. So here is our interview with Dr. Rick Olson. Well, Rick, thank you so much for joining this podcast. And uh, I appreciate you taking this time to answer the students' questions and uh, answer our questions. And so it's great to be with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Our pleasure. Yeah, us too. So I learned a lot about you on meettheprof.com. And uh, even though I've known you for years too, but I had yeah. never known that you were uh, a shepherd for a year in Vermont. So uh, yes, good job with that one. That was fun. <laughs> that was pretty trippy being a shepherd and a young Christian at the same time. That was fun. Hey, are sheep as dumb as people say they are? There is no doubt that the Lord <laughs> knew why to call the people sheep. I <laughs> have seen them do the dumbest things. I mean, just get caught in fences and grass and just, yeah. you know, knock stuff over because it's going to be mine instead of yours. And then mm. nobody has any water. I mean, you know, just over and over and over. Um, so yeah, w w you realize very much the caretaking that humans need from God's perspective as you take care of sheep from a human perspective. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. Great metaphor. That's awesome. And, and I'm curious about this whole bamboo entrepreneur thing that's on your profile. What is a bamboo entrepreneur? Okay. So my kids are rolling their eyes because they're going, oh no, not again with the bamboo. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I saw this documentary on bamboo. It's stronger than steel per ounce yeah, and all yeah. the, you know, it's flexible. It can be a fiber. It can be a, you know, a, a wood. It can be a dust. Mm. It can be clothing. It can be building materials. And I just think, I'm like, this is the most fascinating material ever. Oh, and it's, you know, quickly renewable and it might be able yeah. to grow in North Carolina. So my whole thing is if I could just sort of know that I'd be successful and drop what I'm doing, I would start a bamboo forest park, uh, tourist attraction, employ veterans and others that need, you know, a very, very, uh, serene work environment and it, we would just have this whole destination where and then a store and an online store with i've seen bamboo ice cream scoops and bamboo sheets and bamboo you know and i just would do all things bamboo and my kids are going oh my gosh so i love it i love now it. it's recorded 
And you know what the great thing about it is you could plant one piece of bamboo in a field and in two weeks you would have all the bamboo you ever needed. Really? Because so, the stuff grows that fast. Yeah. So it's I have insane. some relatives who are in the timber industry. And I'm like, have you guys ever thought about bamboo? And, you know, he almost got fear in his eyes. He's like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> if, I've been, I think bamboo is the kudzu of forestry. The best yeah. I can tell. It's like if you get yeah. bamboo somewhere, it's going to take over. Yes. Yeah. One of our favorite things to do as a kid was to throw pieces of bamboo in the fire because they explode like grenades. So there's one more oh, attraction wow. for bamboo world is you, yeah. can have, you can let people throw stuff in the fire. Students are going to be doing this now. <laughs> I love the idea. I love the concept. I'll buy stock. So let's, All let's right. keep going. I got my first investor. <laughs> there you go. I've got $8. With your name well, on it. Okay, so you're not an angel investor, but it's a start. <laughs> yeah, more of an imp. I don't know, a very small investor. <laughs> well, I love hearing stuff like this that uh, we wouldn't know about you otherwise. Uh, students are always interested to get to know uh, more about their professor than they'd say in the classroom. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, the first question we always ask from the students is this one, Rick. Uh, what is one embarrassing moment you had when you were a college student? So there were there were... Quite a few. Uh, mm. I had a really good friend from New Jersey, and we just embraced being freshmen. So I'll say that that helped with all the embarrassing yeah. moments. We just we would look at each other and go, "You're a freshman, aren't you?" And and we would just say, "Yup," <laughs> and we just would make more mistakes. But the most embarrassing probably came when I was being held up as a role model. So I was on the competitive debate and public speaking team. My coach was teaching public speaking and he said, hey, would you be willing to come in and do a model speech for my students so they can you know, see what we're shooting for? I said, sure. And I was feeling all big and proud. And I get in there and I completely blanked mm -hmm. on the speech. I mean, I just froze up, had no idea what was going on. And uh, so he said, that happens. And then I, he said, go outside, come back in. So I go outside and I'm like, oh my gosh, go in the hallway. And then I come back in and I did it, you know, I did finish up, but I tell you what, I was feeling tail tucked all day. You know, mm -hmm. here I was brought in as a role model and doing the exact thing that, you know, they're not, you're not supposed to do. But, uh, so it keeps me humble. Kept me I humble. love it. Is right. it the number one fear to public speaking and yeah. forgetting something. Well, I don't know if it's the number one fear because I was told when you're public speaking just to imagine the audience naked mm -hmm. and that that would calm all your fears. That does not help. And that seems like the, <laughs> the biggest fear is your public speaking naked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think is that that one? That's a mixture of things. Yeah, that's a blend, right? <laughs> yeah, I can sort of imagine. Right. Well, I've learned on the website that your coming to Christ was pretty young. You were at a church camp. And yeah. um, you shared pretty vulnerably about your family um, background um, growing up. And uh, but when you, you came to Christ, I was wondering if you could tell us more about that. Like what was most attractive to you about Jesus at first? So, yeah, I mean, if if we look at the brief version of the testimony, downwardly mobile alcoholism, divorce, uh, all the things, mm -hmm. lots of yelling, lots of you know, just making ends meet and doing what we needed to do. And, and um, the guy that later became a big mentor in my life was also a, 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 a recovered alcoholic and leading ministries at the church where my, where my mom was. And, and so he was, he just took an interest and um, the only church, the only camp I could afford to go to to get away from her was the one sponsored by the church. It, it's, it's very different to see genuine joy in people that, mm look like you, right? I mean, mm. that's what everybody talks about, right? I mean, we want people that look like yeah. us. It's easier for that person to be a role model for us. And so, you know, when I saw these young dudes uh, in their 20s and 
you know, just playing guitar and loving Jesus and, you know, leading Frisbee, uh, ultimate Frisbee games and all the stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So Jesus, I don't have to give up what I had always wanted to be, which was a cool dude to be a Jesus freak. And so once I saw those two things kind of integrated, it was a lot easier to cope. Okay. This is, this is a journey I can be on. I mean, I think a lot of what we see, you know, when we see, um, representatives on, you know, in, in popular media, it's that, that they're prudish and they're in their pursuit of piety or, or or righteousness or whatever. And, And so there's no fun. You know, I think there's that, that there's that idea anyway, just because of the way young kids and, and teens and middle school are going to react to authority more generally, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm reacting to perfect authority the way I'm reacting to imperfect authority. Yeah. yeah. And what, what do we need to do to help students see Christianity not as a religion of giving up something, but of getting something? Because that seems like it was instrumental in your, your journey. When you contrast Jesus's call with hedonism, it can feel restrictive. When you contrast Jesus's call with what the Pharisees were doing, it's tremendous freedom. So part of it is understanding. And then, you know, the hedonism becomes bondage at some point. That's right. Now, early on, it may not seem that way, but, you know, C.S. Lewis defines addiction as doing more and more and getting less and less. Yeah. You know, so 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 I think when we, if we can say, boy, you know, you can be free from anxiety, you can be free from the pressures of perfection, you can be free. Like, yeah. I think you just have to emphasize the freedoms of Christ. Yeah. I think, you know, it's just freedom, 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 freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love the line you said that hedonism can turn into bondage, because I think we see that play out in culture over and over again. You know, it's the YouTuber that gets everything they want and then self-destructs. You know, that yeah. that's an age old story, it seems like. Yep. Yeah. So Rick, when, when you were a college student, what was your relationship like with Jesus? What was your faith like? Did your faith grow stronger or weaker? I, I was still a fairly young Christian. And of course, I'm in a completely new environment and I'm still dealing with the trauma and incompleteness of my childhood. So like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian who's grown up with, with trust issues, you know, mm-hmm. so like there was a lot to work on. And and I didn't know terms like self-work. And so I'm assuming all of my angst and anxiety is your fault um, or, you know, something external mm-hmm. to me. And so, you know, there was still a lot of a lot of journey and left to do still is. Um, but I had some good friends, had a good roommate. Um, we had some campus Christian fellowship and, and some adult mentors. And, and, you know, and at that point we didn't really have the the super college churches that we have now, but there was room for college students at, at any given church. And I had family in the area. So, you know, I was grounded, but, you know, knowing Christ is real does not completely remove the staring into the void of who am I supposed to be? What's my life supposed to be about? What's my purpose? Mm-hmm. All the things that come at this stage of, of sort of just, uh, human maturation right and and so connecting those two and trying to figure out you know what does god's will mean you know so many people are focused on god's will god's will god's will mm-hmm. but not necessarily even understanding god's priority what or, do you mean by that well i think a lot of times we define god's will as um where should i be when should i be there 
Hmm. Who should I be with? Mm-hmm. Who, who am I going to marry? You know, what job a, am I supposed to B. have? Am okay. I supposed to go to Atlanta or Charlotte? And, and I, I think as the longer I've kind of walked, there, there can be times when God wants to do that in your life, and then you'll end up in Charlotte or Atlanta. But I have found that it, it is really much more about who I am and how I move through the world and why I move through the world. You know, Jesus says, I move where I see my father moving. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's there's this, do I have a responsive heart? I could have a responsive heart as a plumber, or I can have a, coll- a responsive heart as a college professor. Yeah. God is less interested in whether I'm a plumber or a professor. He's more interested in whether I have a responsive heart. And yeah. so a lot of times I put pressure on myself as a sophomore, junior, senior, especially growing up in poverty, with a hyper sense of autonomy, and I'm going to have to create a good life mm-hmm. for myself. And so I've got to think really clearly about the job I want and the marriage partner I'm going to get and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I would get distracted away from simply growing in my Christ likeness mm-hmm. and in what God wants me to be and the motives of my heart. Okay, my motive for too. my job was take care of me. That's yeah. not God's motive for provision. And so I had to wrestle with that stuff a lot in mm-hmm. college. And so I imagine you have had students come to you and ask you that question, you know, how do I find the God's will for my life? And and when you give them this advice, you know, sort of, um, you know, get close to Christ, align your heart and, um, and sort of tr- trust this will happen. Is that the advice you give and kind of how's it, how's it been received? I've had some hard conversations with, you know, people who've cheated in my classes and, and re- wrestling with majors and dropping out and failing and out and mm-hmm. all the things. And, some of them have been Christians, you know? So we've had those talks and went, and I've also had incredibly earnest Christians walk through my door and say, Hey, I know you're a Christian professor, like lay it on me, bud. What's the wisdom of climbing Jeez. the mountain? And now I want the answer. Um, and in both of those cases, I've just said, you have got to have a, a an awareness of what peace means and wrestle with yourself and, and what might be the internal obstacles to the peace and wrestle with what might be alignment with God's will issues for the peace, you know, like maybe you're dating somebody that you know is, is a dysfunctional, unequally yoked thing. It's not coming out of judgment. It's not mm-hmm. coming out of Pharisaic righteousness. It's coming out of, man, this is causing me some inner turmoil. You you got to admit that and, and, and then make the next right move. I mean, obviously if they're in crisis, it sounds yes. simplistic, Yeah, you know, and that's when I think I, I, I try to keep it about them and keep it about Jesus, but also that's times sometimes when we're when we're compelled to share our testimony, right? We overcome yeah. the darkness by the power of our testimony, and so sometimes being able to say, "Hey, dude, I screwed up. I held the record, I think, for the longest academic uh, probation at UNCW three days before the semester started, when some dorms that are obviously now old were being built." At UNCW, my roommate and I thought it would be a really smart idea to take some bottle rockets and they didn't have the windows in yet. So we would pick an opening and we'd say, okay, opening three. And we were having a bottle rocket contest about who could put the bottle rocket through the window that they called out. Mm -hmm. Well, um, obviously bottle rockets are not quiet. So campus police found us. So I have been on academic probation for a full semester plus three days. But it forced a crisis in my life because then they said, you know, you got to go talk to, you know, the counselor or the campus minister. And so I talked with 
but I had to talk with the counselor, broke down crying out mm-hmm. of nowhere with the counselor. And then she's like, you, you want to talk to more people? And, you know, we've got counselors or we've got, you know, Bob, mm-hmm. the campus minister. And I, so I talked with Bob, the campus minister, you know, mm-hmm. that's when I began to unpack, you know, I, I don't know that it's always useful to dwell in the past, but sometimes you do have to unpack it a little bit to move yeah, forward. Yeah. What I learned from this is that a lot of good can come with playing with fireworks. Because none of that would happen <laughs> but, if you yeah, you're big into that bamboo explodes with just, the strangest takeaways. There's the thing. Yeah, he's a, I'm, I think you're sitting with a pyro. I'm, uh, I'm just 12 change. years old. Yeah, I'm just in an yeah. adult body. That's that's the difference here. He that's that's great. See, it, it, how does your faith inform your classroom? Like we, when you're in front of people, yeah. it sounds like you're pretty open about this with people. Tell us a little about that. So a friend of mine talks about spiritual maturity as the natural, normal use of scripture. And so I try and I tried to take that into my teaching. So when I witness, I, I do it in the most integrated way possible. And I also, but I do have boundaries and my mm-hmm. boundary is I will never lose my credibility as a professor in order to witness because I will also lose the credibility of my witness. In other words, if I hijack a classroom where people are not free to leave because I take attendance, then I've violated a, a professional trust, which undermines my credibility as a Christian. So I'm going to ask permission, student in crisis in my office, hey, can I, I'd like to ask permission to pray for you. But in my classroom, I'll say, I'll use positive examples from my life as a volunteer in a faith community, and I'll use negative ones. I'm like, hey, guys, if you think, and I'll even say, some of you mm-hmm. come from faith traditions. I'll keep it ecumenical, but I can get at least faith out there as a conversation point. I'll say, hey, some of you come from faith traditions. They're not going to save you from any of the stuff we're talking about. You still got to be a critical thinker. You still want to use faith mm-hmm. plus research when your church is making a decision or your faith community is making a decision. And so I just, I pop in and out rather than sort of saying, hey, this is, I'm going to witness right now, and then I'm going to step back in. It's it's just the human condition goes with us into our faith communities. And because I study communication studies, I can say, hey, this is how the human condition has shown up here. And this is how it's shown up here. And, you know, and what that does is I think it gives permission for Christian students. Uh, and I also have some proverbs in my syllabus, proverbs about communication, proverbs about critical thinking. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, don't celebrate your folly, you know, so. Uh, I've got stuff in there like that, but but that gives students permission to to pursue their faith in their class projects. Hey, we're going to look at. Uh, I had one great project on inter- interfaith marriage, and, and I don't think that happens unless uh, I sort of yeah. share the way I have to say faith is messy, and there's all these sorts of things. And they're like, oh, what are the communication struggles in an interfaith yeah. marriage? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> some One of our joys is getting questions from students. And there are also some recent grads who have uh, given us questions. And um, so uh, listen to this one. Hello, my name is Nakaya McNeil. Um, I graduated from here at UNCW just last year in 2023. Um, I majored in social work and now I still work here at UNCW full time in the admissions office. And a couple of questions that I have. Um, one, um, how do you stay firm in your faith um, working as a professor on a public university campus? Um, and then also, um, what does Christian community or faith community look like um, for you outside of your job? Thanks. Yeah, those are great questions, Nakaya, um, because I think if you're going to really have a sustainable faith walk, 
both of those issues have to get wrestled with. How do you kind of be salt and light? To some extent, you've, you've got to connect with the world around you without becoming overly comfortable or a part of the world around you, right? So, you know, I look at, there's only one group of people Jesus got mad at. And so like, what I want to make sure is I don't share any characteristics with those people. And that was the Pharisees, right? They were, they were set apart in a way that was judgmental, not in a way that was aspirational. And I think we're called to be set apart in a way that's aspirational. And I think that's really important. I mean, one of the high points of my Christian life was like, one dude came up to me, he goes, what is your deal? <laughs> you know, but he meant it in like, how, how do you do that? How do you live? How are you that happy? You know, and you got nothing. You got to, you're riding a bike, you don't have a car, you know, like, as I said earlier, you, you have to be a critical thinker too. And so you have to be willing to admit, Hey, Christian nationalism comes with problems. Medieval Christianity came with problems. Catholic, like you have to, if somebody wants to go, you have to go, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't deny the essentials of the gospel. Mm -hmm. It doesn't deny the essentials of the Nicene Creed and, and Christ coming to earth and, and the miraculous resurrection that that's human institution stuff. So I think you have to be willing to admit that and not get hyper defensive about, hey, there's nothing wrong with anything. Um, and I think you have to have enough awareness of pop culture, of contemporary life that you can relate. And then in terms of the faith community question, I was just talking with uh, my pastor about this. And I said, you know, one of the reasons I really enjoy this church is, is that this community is not walking away from two big things that are hard to deal with. One is ambiguity and mystery right. as part of the faith journey, and the other is suffering. To the extent that we try and suppress those in the, in the search for triumphant bumper sticker Christianity or certainty that doesn't have us wrestling with stuff, that's, gonna, that's going to vastly sterilize the theology that we're preaching. It will bear no fruit. And, and so I think it's important to find a faith community that fully embraces the human condition and says, this is why we're called into community. Yeah. Because we need each other. We're going to suffer together. We're going to triumph together. We're going to navigate ambiguity together. And since ambiguity and suffering are inevitable, the best thing we can do is figure out how God wants us to process it. And and when you're there, then then you can be real. Then you can have a bad week. Without yeah, feeling like yeah. you're a bad wit or a bad Christian. So it's hard. I mean, and I hope people who are listening are going, dang, this guy screwed up. Um, <laughs> we all. <laughs> we all that, yeah, yeah. You know, sorry to break it to you. There's no Santa Claus and we're all screwed up. At some level, we got <laughs> stuff we got to lay down and wrestle with. And <laughs> you never know how a hurt or a, a disruption is going to be the catalyst into that. You just made this podcast unsuitable for kids. <laughs> we don't edit out very much. So this line about there being no Santa Claus, we might get in trouble for that. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, you stop coming to my house. I'll, I'll say it that way. All right. <laughs> you know, the Bible calls us into critical thinking, you know, be wise as serpent, you know, wise as serpent, gentle as a dove, right? I mean, so there's this, there's this idea that we really are supposed to discern even while we love others yeah. and trust with great vulnerability as a dove would, but, and, and be gentle as a, but also yes. really, really pray for discernment. What's, what's the number one thing to pray for is wisdom. I did a paper in grad school on wisdom. And, and basically, in a nutshell, wisdom is how to take eternal truths into a local situation. That's the wise person. Yep. 
It's able to say, this is who God is and how God is eternally. And this is how it's probably manifesting in this situation. And here's what we ought to do in this moment. It's like, I think God wants to see us. I mean, I always, you know, when I think about my role as a parent, I want to see my kids grow and I want to see them grow as they wrestle with big questions and, and find, find answers Mm -hmm. that are empowering to them and also full of purpose and full of contributing and participating in the healing of the world and, and communities, et cetera. But, but I, I want to see him do hard stuff. You know, I want to see him, my kids slide tackle in soccer and, you know, get up and do all the things. Right. Well, I mean, I think God's kind of like that too. I want to yeah. see you guys wrestle with this human condition mystery and, and the faith mystery. And, mm. and when you work it out and, and create beautiful ministry together, that brings joy to my heart. So when I've dealt with students in crisis and, and as I've started to also contemplate my own retirement, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've started working out a model in my head. I'm more of a thinker than a reader. I mean, mm-hmm. I read, but I love to think. And so I've been working out this idea that that a, that a, a sustainable life has to worry about things. And I love alliteration. I should have been a, maybe a Baptist preacher, but I do like – so I, there's this idea of, of, of provision. I got to make rent, but I want, also want purpose. And if I confuse those two, then I then I define myself by my job. And that's mm, probably not yeah. what we need to do. So I've got provision, I've got purpose, I've got passions, right? I have I have emotional realities and, and things that excite me and and so I also enjoy being a musician in, in, in a garage band and in worship teams and, and that whole musical experience is 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 a passion of mine. But then there's also paid and and how if I'm graspy, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, you know, then I'm not making room for interruption or people. Mm-hmm. And then finally there's peace, right? So I want all of those things to kind of come together. And, and I, when I've dealt with people that were cheating or, or not being their best selves, you know, usually, especially in college, it's that pace issue. I'm trying to get it all now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get too much crammed in. I'm trying to do everything all at once. And it's like, okay, but that's why you ended up wrecking your proverbial car yeah well sir rick we have some lightning round questions for you so uh, all right lightning round ready you can strap yourself down all right first question is what advice would you give your 18 year old self don't quit piano um (laughs) so that would be the number one thing but actually the the other thing i would say is um it'd be around that stuff about pace Hmm. yeah you were desperate to get out of one circumstance but but Leave room for people mm, in great, your walk. Great. All right. What advice would you give a graduating senior? Know what you bring to the table. Know what you bring to a community. Beyond, be, take some time to just embrace self-awareness. What advice would you give other Christian professors? Integrate your witness. Don't make it a sidebar in a magazine. All right. What about what advice would you give parents of college students? Your kid can find faith or trouble at any college campus. <laughs> Are some easier so than others? Don't blame it on the campus. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so Rick, I know students will enjoy uh, getting to know you more just on meettheprof.com, but if they wanted to contact you to talk more about any of these things, how could they contact you? So I'm unapologetically an email guy. So uh, I, so it would be with my campus email, um, and that can be if you're at UNCW, that's really easy. It's olsonr at uncw.edu. If you are off campus at some other campus, but you, but we clicked, 
same old thing. Be happy to talk to anybody anywhere, anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking this time just to talk with us. And um, it's a, just a joy to get to spend time with you. Um, the way you think is always challenges me in my thinking. I appreciate you being such a critical thinker. And uh, I'm truly thankful that uh, you are at UNC Wilmington. And uh, so, yeah, I consider you a, a good friend and uh, just appreciate you. So thank you for this time. Absolutely. Thanks for, for having me on. And I, I wish you the best in this ongoing uh, profile of, of, of folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. And you can learn more as well as read about other Christian professors on our website, meettheprof.com. And you can search for professors by name or by state or even by college campus. And you can also find many helpful resources about questions that were in the interview and uh, other ways of answering tough questions at crew.org, and that's C-R-U dot O-R-G. And college students, if you would like to ask a question to a professor and potentially be on the show, this is how you do it. Follow us on Instagram. It's Meet the Prof Official. And then upload us a video uh, by direct message where you say your name, your college campus, and what year you are, and then ask your question. And you can ask more than one question, and uh, hopefully then you can be featured on the show. And um, if you enjoyed this, would you please share this episode with a friend, um, someone you think it would be helpful to? And please don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast. And if you're listening to this, but you would like to watch the videos of these interviews, we record them all and we put them on YouTube. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Meet the Prof Official. And uh, we would love to meet you there. And lastly, if you would like to financially support our faculty commons ministry with Crew, you can do so online by going to give.crew.org forward slash zero So thank you for being with us. And until next time, we hope you feel encouraged to have a Christ-centered conversation on your college campus.